This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, they, thems, welcome to another Bananas Mini. So that right there is the one and only Kurt, Curdy B, Kurt Brownoller. Hello, that right there is the number two banana boy, Scotty Landis. That's right. I am sitting in a brand new, incredibly clean. It looks good. This is the first, like, I'm in my garage, the normal garage. If you've listened to the podcast, you know. People come on this podcast and they say, "What's wrong?" They bust your chops. They bust your chops. What it, are you in a bunker? Because the junk around <laughs> me, I was just like, and I would have to creep through like thirty feet of junk to then sit down in my chair. I had like yeah. one foot on either side of me. There was junk mm-hmm. everywhere, and now it's all above me. So if I if there is an earthquake during a recording, I'm going to definitively die. That's okay. What a way to go. Dot crushed by your own stuff. It's yeah. a good metaphor for capitalism. There it is. Yeah, that's that counts to me as dad stuff. Dads have to like make do with everything. And you know, you like they uh they eat that last uh I when I think of dad stuff, I think of eating the ends of a loaf of bread. Right, because it's what's the, left over. That's what you're nobody have. wants it. I feel like dads <laughs> make a peanut butter sandwich on two the heels. I think those are called the heels of bread. I'm like, that's dad stuff. Yep, that's dad stuff. But now well, it, it looks feels good. It feels much better. It feels it. It yeah. Psychically, I feel very good right now. Yeah, man. Do you um? What are your when you sit down to write? What are your requirements? Do you need a bottle of water? Do you need to be wearing something? Do you need the temperature set at a certain degree? Uh, yeah, I always I usually sit down with a cup of coffee and a big a big bananas bottle of water. Very nice. And that's usually all I that's all I need. That's oh, and some mints and some mints. Silent music headphones. I can do both ways. I can yeah. do both ways. I've recently had to start working with music in the background because my dog will not shut the fuck up at all yeah. times. So yeah. having yeah. music on just distracts her from the outside noises. She's just barking at people walking by constantly. Yeah. So people always ask writers that stuff. Like all my uh, anybody that ever reaches out to me, whether it's you know been animals or friends or college or my my aunt's a hygienist and she has people's teeth whose daughters go to this and they want to know if they can be a screenwriter. 
that people always ask that kind of stuff. Like, do you listen to music? That's probably the one I get the most. I, it's so and fascinating when people have hard and fast rules about it, too. I agree. I like Gary Goleman. You know that the comedian Gary Goleman? He, he did, makes me laugh a lot. That guy's pretty funny. He is very funny. And But he does these, like, uh, for a while he was doing, like, these instructive, like, stand-up rules, mm. which always gives me the hives. Like, anytime someone's like, this is the way stand-up works, it's like, it's all bullshit. It's not, it's everyone right. has their own path. But yes. his was his thing was like, do not listen to music while you write. Like it was very aggressive, <laughs> and I was like, why the fuck not? Like, yeah. you listen to music while you write, right? I listen to every. I can do it all three. I can do it several different ways. When I'm writing movies, I usually sit in silence. When I'm writing TV, I used to always go to cafes outside of LA where there weren't other writers. But that's just the ambient noise of glassware and you know people talking and ordering. And then when I write monologue jokes, anytime I've ever been on a late night show or an award show or anything like that, I listen to the same song on repeat. Whoa, really? Mm-hmm. Why? Usually, That's fascinating. Because then you stop. It's almost a trance-like. It's like flow state, probably. Mm-hmm. You stop hearing it, and like I, I, I you know, I, iTunes or whatever doesn't necessarily have a counter, but I can remember putting on like certain metal songs, yeah. like an Ozzy Osbourne song or an Iron Maiden song. And like an hour would go by, and I would not. At some point, I don't hear it anymore. Because, but I think it's yeah. the pace. Uh-huh. But I used to listen to the the Trooper by Iron Maiden, and I could crank out like a hundred monologue jokes if I just. Yeah, I don't know. It put me in some sort of zone, but I would never do that for movie writing. Interesting. I love that you have different ideas about uh, different music styles. For so when you write movies, it's dead silent. Yes. And so if I'm at my office, it's just total silence. And um, yeah. And TV, I, I used to just really enjoy, like I wrote an episode of Workaholics where they robbed the Golden Road Brewery. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote it at the Golden Road Brewery. I went to the brewery and I ordered a beer and I told the server. She was like, oh, you can't have a laptop here. I was like, I'm actually writing an episode of Workaholics. And she was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, think, I think she loved Blake. I think she had a crush on uh-huh. Blake from Workaholics. But and then all the waiters were coming over and were like, "Hey, if you, if you need like background or if you want like an actor," and I was like, "Hey, man, that's not up to me." But uh, I I do like doing that too, like going on location. You just get a you, you know describe it better. Yeah, no, for real. It was interesting uh, having written about because I wrote this movie about Asbury Park. Having then gone to Asbury Park, yeah, it was like I had just it felt felt everything felt familiar. Um, I loved Asbury Park. It was so fun. That beach was. The first time I'd been there, I realized going back there, it's actually gotten better and better and better. The beach was cleaner and just awesome. Yeah. No, it's... uh, I I love it. I I love it there. Asbury Park, folks. Scotty, I need to have a a confession. Here's a really funny one. one. So we did Bananas Confessions. These are your confessions. We read them. We absolve you. Um, This was A Secret Fear. My secret fear and maybe also a lie to my parents. (laughs) When I was a kid, my parents bought me a telescope for Christmas one year, and I never used it because I was afraid I would see aliens. (laughs) (laughs) I never told them this, and I still feel bad that I never used it once. You're absolved. That is adorable. It's adorable. What Um, you would have seen is just blurry nothingness. That's the reason I never used mine. (laughs) Yes. You got to go pretty deep. It was, uh, that's funny though. Like to little kids, that kind of fear, like did, 
did she think an alien was going to be looking right back at her? That's like, think terrifying. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's like seeing eyes in your closet or something. Yes. Here's a good one. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're absolved. Totally fine to lie to your parents about being afraid of something. Oh, That's yeah. That's fine. In high school, I was a pretty lazy student and ended up needing to go to summer school. The school never sent a letter or notified my parents at all. So on the first day, when my parents asked where I was going, I told them that I was going to volunteer at a local summer day camp. It had the roughly the same schedule, 8 a.m. to noon. Oh. Uh, this is such a genius plan. This is so genius. Uh, it had roughly the same schedule, 8 a.m. to, to uh, noon. Uh, as the camp, so I, when I was a little kid, I would just thought this was the best cover-up. This went on for the entire month, and my parents finally found out because my mom worked at a local deli where the teachers would come in. I mean, that is so funny to me. Like, uh, but what a perfect cover. Also, I, was it? Did they say were they in like middle school? Uh, they didn't say. They just said when they were a kid. Maybe they were high bad students. So I would assume it was probably middle school or high school. But oh, I love okay. the idea that you're volunteering. Like it's yes. also that you're doing a good a deed. A good deed. It's not like I'm going to Jimmy's. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give blood, mama. <laughs> I've, we did something in. There was a day where like all of us in Catholic school like rallied. We just wanted a field trip. Yeah. And we were like, we should feed the unhoused in Baltimore, D.C., and the teachers were like, okay. And so the big plan was we were going to make like 500 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And my my vivid recollection of this is that, you know, we start an assembly line where it's like, okay, you put out the Ziploc bags, then you two put out two pieces of bread, and you two put slices of apple. But then when it came to putting peanut butter on the bread they had given us plastic knives so over and over and over and over it just broke every plastic knife (laughs) and then this girl christina and i were the only two that were like doing it so gentle so then it's like shaving the face of your grandfather (laughs) or something we're just like slowly dragging peanut butter across and they said to the cafeteria to get metal the whole thing was a complete fiasco for the stupidest reason and then we ended up going it was a very interesting moment because this was in the late 80s, early 90s. They just sent kids in little uniforms up to unhoused people. Like, we just walked up to them. Yeah. With, and we're like, do you want, with brown bag, paper lunch? Very sweet thing. But, you know, like, I, I mean, maybe they still do that, but that seems like something they might not allow today. And we just walked up to them. And I remember the most common response were people just asking what was on it. Like, they thought we were we were doing something and it was like the whole thing was a great idea and like well-intentioned to the roof but then it took five hours longer in the entire day to make these <laughs> things and then everybody we took the sandwiches to half of them were like i don't like peanut butter you know it was just like oh it was like oh they're yeah. like what's on it and you're like peanut butter and jelly and they're like that's it Do you have turkey and we're like i'm eight years old man like uh, <laughs> i just got off a school bus it was like God, it's such a lesson. It's like, but you got to keep trying to do good things. But yeah. man, it was planning matters, is what I'm saying. Uh huh. I love that. Also, it's fascinating. So, where y- your school was in uh, Rice's Town? Glendon, Maryland. 
Glendon. Sacred Heart of Glendon. Oh, I love Glendon. Everything's yeah, just very, a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> Reisters and Glendon. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Reisters Mary. was a name. I don't know what Glendon was, but Glendon does seem like it's out of a fairy tale. Or like Lord of the Rings. It's like the elves of Glendon. Or it sounds like someone's just fucking up Glendale. <laughs> yeah. Nice place. There's a great place called Santoni's. They make a circle sub, that which is like a cold cut sub that is what? in a circular shape. And I'm telling you, what do you, if you mean didn't in a have circular? one of those like it's like two two pizza crusts or something they they cooked round bread like they baked the bread to be these like a muffaletta or something yes but bit and then tall and if you didn't have a santoni circle sub at your whatever Uh uh-huh people would like look around people would like hand in the pockets like where is the circle sub so the circle sub was like like getting a six foot sub for a party yeah Yes, but <laughs> right. But it was as big as a wreath and then like eight inches tall. Is there, and then you just cut slices of it. Is there a way to make a six foot sub that isn't terrible to eat? Because once you make a sub that big, yeah. the way you're having to eat it is like the, each each piece of sandwich yeah. is like eight inches long and one inch <laughs> wide. And you're just trying to like narrowly <laughs> hold on to like the uh, like the everything's just shooting out either sides. It's like why can't we figure out how to make a big sub that's just a fucking normal size I sub? I love this. I love this. It's so true. There's no way to do it. You end up knife and fork. The bologna takes off. You're, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. You're like, whoa, we got a six foot sub, and then it's just like, oh, this sucks. There is no food in the world. You're gripping. T- tighter than a slice of sub, six foot party sub. You are holding that thing like you're choking it to death. Just so. And if you and squeeze like it too to hard, talk. it just squirts out the side anyway. Yeah. We gotta beat, we gotta do better with our six foot party subs. For real. They're the funniest food. But, it is um, the funniest food. If anybody has an idea how to make a better I mean, like, I know, sub. I know the way you do it is that it's like it, the width of the bread is the same as a normal sub. It's just six foot, six feet long, which is I very, like very, very funny. Yes. <laughs> it's so narrow. I, I think I always try to take the slices with the toothpick still in it right. because of this exact thing. But that, yeah, it's impossible to look cool. <laughs> like Rihanna could not eat yeah. a slice of sub and look cool doing it. Even Rihanna would look like a huge dork. <laughs> Here's a classic. classic. I'm sure you did this. I did this so many times. A lie I told my parents often during high school was that I was sleeping at a friend's house. She would tell the same thing. Then we would go wherever we wanted. We lived in a small town in the northern part of Virginia. So usually we just hung out with other friends and drank. Love Classic it. American story. Love it. I, I, so once, so I've done this. I, only, I think I only did it like twice or three times in high school. First time actually was in eighth grade. Me, Bill you Walsh, were tall. Todd Fleska. Uh, we all told our parents we were all sleeping at the other person's house, right? Great. They didn't check. And then we went and we walked from Bill Walsh's house in Avon to Belmar, and we just slept underneath the boardwalk. How cool. Thinking it would be, like, amazing. And it was such a letdown. It was a cloudy day. We wanted to watch, like, the sunrise over the ocean, oh, you know? Yeah, sure. Cloudy day the next morning. Like no sunrise whatsoever. We hardly slept because there was like people just being crazy on on the boardwalk on top of us. And we were expecting that we would find an area where it was like 
The, the, because the boardwalk used to be like 12 feet off the sand, but since they just keep bringing more sand in because of erosion, now the boardwalk is like two feet above the sand. <laughs> and so we were literally like, like crawl space. It was, we were in a crawl space <laughs> underneath the boardwalk, just terrified that a police officer would find us. But we got away with that one. And then the That's one a that great one. we got caught, it was like me, Chris Goss, Bill Walsh, again, and all of our then girlfriends as well. Um, Meredith, Megan, and I think Meredith, Great Megan, East Coast names. And, um, and Mandy, I think maybe. Yeah. It, when in doubt, if you're around our age and they're white, their name is Amanda. Yeah. When in doubt, just say Amanda. <laughs> Meeting a friend's wife, hi, Amanda. You're like 70% likely to get a yes. And I think it was Mandy's mom, or maybe it was Meredith's mom. No, I think it was Mandy's mom found out about it and came to, and we had just stayed up all night. Like Narc. having sex and smoking Hello. cigarettes. And, um, and I remember, so Mandy showed up and my mom showed up. Bill Walsh's parents were gone. And my mom was like, just like, you idiots. But Mandy's mom was like furious, hunting for everybody. And everybody yeah. hid, which was so silly. The best. Something adults need to do more. We don't hide enough I as know, adults. I know, we don't. And the only one who got away with it was Chris and Megan, Chris Goss and Megan. They hid just in a shower, like with the curtain closed. Genius. No one ever found them. They just drove home. They never got in trouble for it. Beautiful. I say it's a good I love hiding that kind spot. Of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I did it once my junior year. It was senior week for a bunch of my friends who were seniors, which mm -hmm. in Maryland, you go to Ocean City for a week. It's really debaucherous and fun. It's basically Mardi Gras for 17 and 18-year-olds, and all the parents are seemingly cool. Yeah. But I lied to my parents. It was the only time I ever really got caught. It was the biggest one, too. And I told them I was sleeping at my friend Ollie's house. They were like, cool. I had done it a bunch of times before. But really, we had all gone down to party with the seniors. We rented a hotel. And same thing. Like you my rented a hotel. Went, how are, how, like, the fact that 18-year-olds or 17-year-olds could rent a hotel is insane. You can't rent a hotel at 18 now. I think you have to be was, 26. It was nuts. And also, it was, like, so fun because, like, everybody's, like, you know, you're partying like a young person. Like you said, like, people are just, cha like, chain-smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Like, they've done it their whole lives, but they look so dumb and bad doing it. They're holding them all weird. Like, drinking the crap. This was before Mike's Hard Lemonade. Probably, like... Zima. Not Zima. Probably not Zima. Zima. Or, like, uh, there was a couple other... There, there was, were. like, Jack Daniels made, like, Lynchburg Lemonade oh, and boy. Down Home Punch yeah. and Tennessee Tea. It was all that kind of crap. And so my girlfriend had come down and we had all pitched in, you know, 30 bucks. And so there's like 10 of us in one hotel room. We had the foldaway bed in the middle. My girlfriend's sleeping directly on top of me because it's like a cot, essentially. It was hell. <laughs> somebody's snoring. Somebody's having sex. It was just like yeah. horrible. Yeah. And I go meet my buddy Dan the next morning and my uh, I call home uh -huh. and my mom goes, where are you? First question. Ooh. Where are you? I go, watch. She's like, I called Ollie's because I was going to drop something off. Um, and she said that you're not uh, there either. And then she said that you guys drove to the beach, which is like three hours away for us. So like a big drive. Not big like, drive. yeah. 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 She's like, well, it's 6 p.m. Uh, we'll see you at 10 p.m. And then hung up. 
Wow. And it was like my stomach fell out my ass, and I was so busted, and my friend Dan needed a ride back. He was a senior. He was supposed to be there, and he could see it on my face. He was like, was that? Uh, that was like, they know. So we went to this place called Tubby's, uh-huh. which was um, so good. It was somewhere in the 50s or 60s in Ocean City. And I ate an entire cheesesteak sub. Because to me, it was like, this is my last meal for a while <laughs> in the outside world. I'm like 16. I'm like, this is, the la- this is as good as it's going to get. I'm going to get grounded for a long time. And we're driving back across the Bay Bridge, which is super long. It's like, I don't know, five miles long. And a thunderstorm breaks out. And then traffic comes to a stop. And I'm just sitting in a thunderstorm on this bridge. And Dan's cool as a cucumber because his parents know he's there. And I'm just sweating bullets. And when I walk in, my parents... So it was like midnight when I get home. My parents are sitting in the dark in the living room on the sofa and they're like, have a seat. <laughs> and it was like, it was probably the only time I got double parented, like, who do you think you are? Like, beyond we're disappointed, but like, what if something had happened? And they grounded me, but I um, I had, I had worked the job. I worked in that bike shop I talked about a bunch. So they were like, no car, no phone, no friends. We will take you to work, and we will pick you up from work. And then after like two days of that, they realized like that was stupid because then they had to drive to my work (laughs) but the it was the first time i had ever felt like oh i am so screwed but it was fun i mean it it wasn't worth it but uh yeah god they they hit me hard oh man yeah i it's like it's so fascinating just seeing like i'm already coming to uh like places with olive where i'm like what you did was wrong we have to have a timeout. And she just looks at me. <laughs> yes. She just stares at me like, go ahead, like, do what you're going to do. Like, <laughs> do you have things that's like, you need to say some stuff? Go ahead and say it. Like, that's how she's looking at me. <laughs> and it's just like, you're fucking five years old. Like, I have yes. no idea what I'm going to do when she's 10. And like, yes. actually has the ability to be like, I don't care what you're saying to me. Yes. Enact your things. Give me my punishment and go away. Like it's like yeah. it's already at that level. We're just yeah, like well, terrifying. she's she's advanced, but also she is in such a bliss pit. Her world is so like her bedroom's great and her brother's great and there's toys and there's a dog. Everything's great. It's like when if you start to cut her off from friends at some point, you know, like yeah. when she's in middle school and you're like, you can't go to that birthday party. Oh, it's gonna be big. Yeah, those kind of the social groundings are the one that kill you. Like, take away your phone. Take, I'm like, I, I mean, maybe to a kid these days, yeah. that's the biggest deal. But taking away the car was the thing for us. It of was course. like if you couldn't, we like my sister and I shared a car, a piece of shit car, and uh, if it was like you can't use it, you were like, well, I, I'm just gonna walk around the neighborhood, I guess, a little <laughs> bit, and just see if the neighbor, the older neighbors, need any help with chores. <laughs> oh, here's oh. a fun one. This one specifically. Send us home you. with it. Uh, this one, there was one of our animals said that their biggest fear were butterflies. They're scared to death That's of butterflies. That's amazing. So she's absolved. That's, you know, work on that. They're very harmless. But this one, this is interesting. I think this reminded me of you for some reason. <laughs> My brother-in-law admitted to us that his secret fear is butterfly houses. You know, like <laughs> zoos have them or what? museums. What? And for those who maybe don't know, butterfly house is like a big... Well, you do. It's the one of those like it's kind of like a greenhouse and it's full of butterflies, and then oh, you walk yeah, around yeah, and they yeah. flop around. Oh, yeah, those yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, they're awesome. I actually love those things. I, one day, I hope I have enough money where I have a butterfly house. I think it would be nice to go sit out there and watch the butterflies silently flap around. We've got to stop calling it a butterfly house. It's not a house. It's what is what are they called? Like a butter, uh, uh, like it's not an arboretum. It's not an arboretum, but it's like something like that. That's like the name right. of it. The atrium? Maybe it's a butterfly uh, atrium? No. Yeah. Apiary? Apiary? That's for birds, yeah, apiary's right? Apiary's bees, I think, or birds. I think apiary's birds. Mothalium? Yeah, butterfly alium. Uh, yeah, we need to think of something. Okay. He is worried that he will step on a butterfly and kill the last of its species. <laughs> That's a great fear. That's See, that makes fear. it so much more interesting. We have explained to him. This is what made me think of you. <laughs> we have explained to him that they wouldn't have the last <laughs> species of a butterfly in a butterfly house, but he remains fearful. <laughs> you were absolved. For some reason, that made that me think is of so you. Like, funny. the last of this type of monarch. <laughs> no! <laughs> That's so funny. There's a really good, I think, uh, Radiolab episode about trying to find a word for the last of a species, because there is no word word for it um oh, when there's like that's the, interesting the last animal the, of the its Uno, species yeah right. the solo right that's interesting it's a really interesting episode everyone should go listen to it when that yeah, maybe on did they ever pick one that seems like oh, they came up twitter they came up with um like uh two different options like and i can't mm-hmm. remember them and i'm not mm-hmm. gonna say but is it oldling it's not oldling <laughs> lastling something lastling. like that i yeah. get yeah I like that. Um, well, thanks for listening again, Scotty. Love you, buddy. Pretty B, love you too. Thanks, everybody, at Exactly Right. This has been Bananas. <laughs>Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstar. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas! Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.